0: Hi, I'm Carrie Butler, and you're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. I have a special offer for my listeners. You can get my new course at slash
1: Broadway Podcast.
0: A panty who just couldn't stop the beat. Yes, with roller skates on her feet. And a girl who loved to be, A, a loser's recently recently deceased. Broadway. I have a special guest today, one of my co-stars, and now he's a huge superstar, Cheyenne Jackson. Um, he's been on Broadway in All Shook Up. Started in Thoroughly Modern Millie, um, also did Do with me, and he's gone on to star in tons of TV shows American Horror Story, Hades in The Descendants, Call Me Cat, so so many. I, I'm not even mentioning them all, but thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the show, Cheyenne Jackson. Yay!
2: Thanks for having <laughs> me, Carrie. So good to see you. You look exactly it's so the good same. To
0: you. you too. You too. <laughs> Um mm. So, I always start the podcast by asking people about their journey to theater, and I know that you have a fascinating story. Um, tell the whole story.
2: Sure. okay. so my so my journey to theater.
0: Yeah, like you saw um, where you grew up and how, yeah. how you
2: Yeah, okay. so for those of you who don't know, i uh, I come from a, a teeny little town uh, in, right on the border of Washington and Idaho. Um so I really the, the Ponderé River ran through the two states, but uh I lived in Washington State, but I went to school in this little town called Old Town, Idaho. Um, last I checked, Old Town Idaho has a population of
0: 252. Wow.
2: I was just there for my 30th high school reunion and I was just oh like 253 or 252. <laughs> wow. Um, so we grew up uh uh very poor. Uh we lived in the woods. Um you know, for a, a a time we didn't have running water. We used an outhouse. It was very living off the land. And my parents were hippies. And yeah. um and uh, you know it was a really when I talk to my kids about it now they can't even wrap their heads around it. But it was a really cool way to grow up because it was mm-hmm. all I knew. Um, and from the from the time I can remember, music was everywhere in the house. My dad loved music. Um, My mom is a, is an incredible self-taught singer. So everything was like Joan Baez, you know, Judy Collins, Joni Mitchell. Um, So music was always a huge part of my life, but I didn't know what Broadway was um, until I think, I I think the very first time I ever heard what Broadway was, I I loved yard sales and I would go to the (laughs) yard sales in the neighborhood and find like you know, back then it was just tapes. It was even before oh, yeah. CDs. Yeah. And um, I think I, I got the uh, the Annie Broadway uh, yeah. Annie Broadway recording. And then soon after that, the movie came out. And mm-hmm. so it was all only Annie, that was the only thing I knew. But really my first, if I'm totally linear with my thinking that the first time I ever knew what Broadway was um, on a whole was I was 13. And, um, our, I was in, uh, eighth grade and our French teacher, Mrs. Henry, mm-hmm. she said that, uh, this, this show was coming to Spokane, Washington, um, called Les Miserables. Oh, <laughs> she was the French teacher and that's what she called it. <laughs> and, uh, I didn't know what that was, but I was so excited because we all had to sign like parent teacher consent forms because there were prostitutes in the show. And, oh, my um, gosh. So we were really excited because we got to take an hour long bus ride to Spokane. And, um, I didn't know, I had no, no clue what to expect, but I just remember sitting there in the audience and the, you know, the curtain rose and then, you know, uh, uh, uh yeah. and, and I remember just the hair on my arm standing. I don't have any hair, but, uh, I just, I just remember feeling overwhelmed with the music and the emotion and the passion and the commitment everyone on stage with their smudges on their cheeks and their you know rags and their marching and I was like what (laughs) is happening (laughs) I cannot believe I, I just was asking people like this is so this is their job they are in this show and they travel around with this show and they're like yeah it's it's a tour from Broadway and I'm like So then i started to make the connection and then after that it was all things broadway i just found every kind of tape i could i could get my hands on and that was my that was my end goal was to end up on broadway i mean i didn't know how i didn't know you know i didn't um i didn't go to college and i had a lot of things i had to figure out personally um i was in a very religious I was in a church in my very religious family, and I also had to come out of the closet, and I had a lot of work to do. I knew before I could just go to Broadway. So I think I was manifesting before I even knew what that was. But I just always knew I was going to be on Broadway. I didn't oh, know. When... I didn't
0: know that because I mm. thought that you. I thought that you thought it was out of your reach when when you kind of told me the story. and Because you were living in Seattle, just doing theater in Seattle for a long time, right?
2: Yes, yes. Now, in retrospect, I can, of course, see how I was, you know, putting it out there in the universe. But at the time, Carrie, yeah, I was like, I had, I, there was no way I was actually going to, like, be on Broadway, you know, but that was my dream. That was my inside, my, in my heart of hearts in my secret times when the doors shut and I'm in my bed, I could see it. I could see it for myself, but people in my little town really didn't do anything. And, And you just ended up working at the mill and having a bunch of kids and staying around that area. And I didn't want that for myself. Um, but once I started doing theater, community theater, like in, uh, Coeur d'Alene. It was my first summer stock experience and I met queer people and I met people of color for the very first time mm. and just saw this crazy circus that is theater. I just, I was like, Oh, this is my people these are my people. This is right. my tribe. I feel, you know, I don't feel other. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to move to New York in my early twenties, but I had so much doubt about um, my lack of training because mm-hmm. I had seen and heard of people my age, uh, you know, moving to New York and getting on things. And this was the time of rent when everything oh. was, everything was rent mm-hmm. and rent blew up musical theater like like Hamilton did. It was just yes. that such a juggernaut. Um, but I thought I can't compete with these guys that went to, you know, Juilliard and, and, and I, I just, so I decided to move to Seattle and keep doing theater, get better at it, um, get a bunch more shows under my belt, mature a little bit. Um, so I moved to Seattle and I started working and I got my equity card mm. at the Village Theater in Issaquah, Washington. And then I started working at the Fifth Avenue Theater. And which is it a was great, a great,
0: great place. And a great place for people starting out Seattle is
2: Right. Didn't you guys do hairspray there?
0: Hairspray and Catch Me If You Can.
2: Oh, right. So it was about I was about 24, 25, I think. Um, and I thought like, ooh, my window's kind of closing, which is so crazy when I think yeah. about it now. I mean, I'm, yeah. you know, we're I'm in 48. Yeah. But in the, at the time, I was like, oh, God, I'm, tw- I'm in my mid-20s. I haven't tried. I haven't really gone for my goal yet. And all the tours would come through Seattle. And I had become, at this point, kind of like a big star in Seattle. I was a big right. musical theater star. I did all the shows. And this tour came in of Guys and Dolls, um, and it was all New York people that all had tons and tons of Broadway credits. And we were all at a party one night and we were all kind of, you know, I was just like hanging on every word they said and like, what's Broadway like? And what do you do? And do you, do you guys all walk together or do you like, how is it, you know, I couldn't wrap my head around the idea that it's just this neighborhood of, you know, um, and I was in a show at the time. I was doing hair, uh, at the fifth Avenue theater. I was playing burger and, uh, it was a really wild free performance and I was felt, felt very in my body and, some of those people from that cast had seen it and more than one of them at a party they're like you need to move to new york you have something that will that will land you have something unique and i'm telling you you will work and i think it was an in an internal clock plus people that actually know what they're talking about
0: mm-hmm.
2: saying that to me that i was like okay okay i'm gonna actually try this Took me about a year and a half more to get everything together. Um, soon after that, 9-11 happened, which gave me even more impetus to make something happen for my life. Um, also, at that same time, my brother's little girl passed away. She was mm. three. Mm. Um, and these huge changes, these huge, sad and life-rocking you know change you know that 9 11 and just the way that we were all thinking like oh my god this could all go away in one second this that was my time to say you know what i'm going i don't have an agent i don't have headshots i've never taken an acting class or a attack oh class gosh. or anything but i it is time for me to go now and wow. i had a boyfriend at the time and i said i'm gonna go and i'm just gonna take this leap had a little bit of money, like a little bit of money. And he said, go and I'll join you later. So I went and I got this, I was staying at this crappy little apartment or this little hotel in Midtown where like you couldn't even open the door all the way. And it was the bed. It was like this little thing. Mm -hmm. But the one person that I knew in New York, um, because he had toured through Spokane or or, sorry, toured through Seattle was uh, Mark Kudish. Uh and we had we became friends Uh um and he was just like a big brother to me and he was just so bombastic he was just Mm -hmm. this like cartoon of a man but I um his heart was so big and I felt like he was really genuine and you know a lot of people say like hey when you come to the city look me up but there was something about him where I was like I, I really feel like he doesn't want anything from me and he is just very generous uh so he's a, he's all I knew. And I got there and I called him and he was like, all right, dude, I'm going to, I'm going to hook you up with my, uh, my agent. And Oh my so gosh! I went down to, uh, Bauman, Redante and Shaw. Um, and I walked in and they took one look at me and they were like, okay, hey, so Mark told us about you. Do you want to sing something? And I Carrie, I don't know why I had so much confidence, but I wish I could harness that again because I truly just was like, I'm here and I'm going to convince everyone that I come in contact with that. You need to have me in your show. I just believed it. And I sang, and then I I read a scene or two and they signed me. And then my very first audition strangely was the first, uh, they needed somebody in thoroughly modern Millie to understudy Mark Mark Kudish and Gavin Creel.
1: Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. ramp.com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Oh
0: and they God. were having
2: trouble finding somebody who could sing really high to cover Gavin and sing really low to cover Mark, who also looked kind of young and also kind of old. And that's always been me. I mean, at 16, <laughs> I looked, you know, 35. And so, um, so I went in and I I remember um, Michael Mayer who was who was directing. He I didn't have any. I had taken pictures the day before and oh. I had my composite, but I didn't oh have pictures gosh. yet. So I had my little composite with like you the Sharpie the on it. <laughs> yeah, that's all I had. And um, and 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 Michael Mayer was like, I remember he said Cheyenne Jackson as if it was like my fake name, yeah. like I made yeah. it up. And I was like, Yep, that's my name. And I I had so much confidence. <laughs> I was just like tearing around this room. I had, I had two days heads up that I was going to be auditioning for this. And there's a very famous uh Patter song in Thoroughly Modern Millie, where it's like, you know, enclosure minus Michael wrote the stuff I talk about, just carefully remove And I've always been able to speak very quickly and articulate. And I stayed up all night long working on that. I the scenes were there, the everything was there except for the dancing. So it's a huge, heavy dance show. It's a tap show. I don't know what I was thinking, but my singing and my acting was strong enough to where they were like, okay, let's do this dance call. And I think if I wasn't terrible, they were going to let me pass. Um, It was down to me and two other guys for this part. And I could tell it was getting close. Um, He said, okay, everybody just do a time step. Didn't know what that was oh. like, and the other two guys were like,
0: <laughs> you know,
2: and then the other one, and it came to me, Rob Ashford, the choreographer, he whispered in my ear. He's like, you don't tap, do you? And I said, I don't at all. But if you hire me, I will learn. And he said, uh, you better. And um, that night they brought me to uh, the theater and uh they introduced me to the cast it was very quick and very like
0: wow yeah that uh, nice. Michael
2: Michael Mayer took me to the lobby and he he kind of put his arm around me and he's like this is a story for the ages a, a, a kid walks off the bus and walks into a broadway show and you know they had just won the tony for best musical oh. mark kudish who didn't even know i was auditioning for oh. his understudy walks down the stairs and sees me he's like dude what are you doing here i'm like i'm your new understudy and he <laughs> He started crying, <gasps> gave me a hug. Oh. That's also God. when I met Gavin, yes. and Gavin is my best friend to this day. Aww. Um Gavin tells it that he was in his dressing room and he heard through the through the wall somebody singing his song in his words better than him. And he was like, "Uh, am I?" Which is not true. Gavin is the best <laughs> voice of all time. But um yeah, that is the that's my road to Broadway. And I was with that show for uh, a year, I think, a year and a half.
0: We'll be back with Breaking Broadway right after this message. And then what happened after that? You started getting inch theater jobs.
2: Yeah, what happened after that was I, well, the truth is, um, and I think enough time has gone by that I can divulge this, but the truth is I was told that I was going to uh, replace Gavin mm-hmm. full-time I had gone on a lot for both of them because Mark was doing an opera and Gavin did like a TV movie. And so I was really, you know, uh, good with both parts. But um, they said, we're going to hire you full time to play, you know, Jimmy. And I was just like, this is incredible. And um, and then as it was getting closer and closer, it, I, that, I got the sense that maybe that wasn't happening anymore. And then one day I came to work and there was an announcement on the board that, um, that Christian Borrell, was playing. <laughs> wow. And that's how you found out. <laughs> yeah. That's how I found out. And, um, and I decided to leave <gasps> while it was still running. Um, yeah. and I remember my, my mentor and my neighbor at the time I live I happen of all places in the world. I ended up moving next to Jerry Orbach. Oh, on 53rd and eighth, which is now Jerry Orbach way. Mm-hmm. And he, I love mentors. Mm-hmm. I always have mentors. Um, like in xanadu tony roberts was my yes. guy i love an yes. older theater mentor to help me and I, I do the same now but he said what are you doing you don't leave a broadway hit oh. you, you gotta you, don't do this like it's and i said i just feel i'm upset that i was told i was going to do something and it didn't happen i understand for people have their reasons or whatever but i just i, mean, I feel in my heart that i have to leave um so i did I left, I didn't have anything to go to, but I was workshopping at the time, um, Altar Boys. Oh yes. The off-Broadway thing. And it was was my first time originating something and it was about a Christian boy band and that was, it couldn't be more me. So I just had a sense that something else was out there for me. So yeah, I left. Um, And then I ended up had getting an audition to be uh Will Chase's and then Adam Pascal's standby in Aida. Right. And went in for that, had a great audition. They hired me for that. Um and that was just a fun, really, you know, glitzy, wonderful score. Uh made some great friends, did that for a long time, got to go on a lot. Mm-hmm. And um And then soon after that, that's when we were starting hearing about All Shook Up, That that All Shook Up was we had heard, I had heard that there was an Elvis musical that somebody was already attached to. And for whatever reason, they may not be continuing with it. And I was possibly in the mix. Now, Carrie, I grew up. I knew every single Elvis song in the canon. My brother, my dad it was all about i mean i have videos at like 12 years old at the county fair going oh so <laughs> i just thought this this is mine there is no one that can do this like me i i have to have to have to do this show and they really they really put me through the ringer uh mm-hmm. as they should have because i didn't i wasn't a, a proven you know name or anything yeah. i think i had about 7 auditions for that. Wow. And, uh, yeah. And then I came in and then, uh, Jen Gambates was still with it. And then, um, yeah, I don't know what the circumstances were that Jared Emmick, who was doing it before couldn't, couldn't continue, but, um, I stepped into that and then that was just an amazing experience to create a role out of town. We did it in Chicago and then open it My mom and dad came to new york i mean my little hick parents Mm -hmm. (laughs) my dad seeing my face on a taxi and a billboard in times square it was like i I remember those times it feels like a lifetime ago but i remember thinking i want to remember what this feels like because this is all i've ever wanted and at that time i was 29 maybe 30. i think i was 30. um so I wasn't 19, you know what I mean? I was a, I was a, yeah, I was yeah. a man. I was a, I was an adult and I really thought I want to be present for what this feels like. Cause I know careers are going to be like this and who knows what will happen with all shook up. And we had such bad timing with that show. Cause it opened after like three jukebox musicals and people were like enough, enough with the jukebox right. musicals. And so we closed it like, in like five months, which was a huge bummer, but, mm. um, yeah.
0: And then was Xanadu do right after that?
2: <sighs> Let me think. I'll shook up. I think so. I should know this off the top of my head. It's just been so long. I think I think that was the next show, but there was a lot of readings, a lot of things in between um, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. And then I did all um, those workshops.
0: Your, yeah. How was your transition to um, doing film and television? You were mm. auditioning for stuff while we were doing Xanadu. A lot of mm-hmm. stuff, I feel like.
2: It It all started during Xanadu. So, oh, okay. um, yeah, I had been auditioning and I wasn't landing anything. And I took an on-camera. My agents at the time said, let's take an on-camera class and see what's going on with you. <laughs> I was like, because I mm-hmm. felt like everything. I felt like I felt like I was good, but I didn't know what, why I wasn't getting anything. And this uh, this on camera class taught by Bob Krakauer. I don't know if he still still teaches. Um, he he had us do these scenes, and it was an extreme close up. And then we had to watch them back with the class, and I didn't realize how animated my face is the muscles in my yes. mouth, my eyebrows, whatever. I just, it, I looked crazy. I was so big. <laughs> Everything was, it was just, uh, it was super embarrassing, but it was actually really, really great because I learned how to calibrate. I learned how to have the same emotional intent, but just like think it, just say it with your eyes. You don't have to like <laughs> indicate it. So I then I started getting closer to things. Um, then Xanadu, the workshops came around and I was doing all that with Jane Krakowski. I want to hear about your, how that happened with, with Xanadu for you? Because all I know is my side of how Xanadu all happened, but t- Jane and I did a bunch of workshops. Um, it was super cute. I was cute. In the
0: first reading of Xanadu. You were? Yeah. 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 I oh. was in the first reading and I think... Mary Testa and Jackie Hoffman were also, and this was just, um, Douglas Carter Beam was doing it for some event or something, and, um, oh gosh, now, oh, Alan Tudyk played your part.
2: Oh, he's so good. Oh my God, he'd been great. Wow.
0: Yeah, and so so that was the very, very first reading. It was totally different. It yeah. was two acts. And they went on all of these other, I mean, hilarious still, but it went on all these different tangents. And then I didn't even, I don't think I even knew that it was going on without me.
2: Oh, really? Oh, I've (laughs) been there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah.
0: And then maybe they called me maybe they called me to tell me that i was being i think i think maybe they did i think you know i understood you know i think they were like you know uh in this market we need a star to to sell shows i think i think that's what happened yeah and also jane's fantastic and also she already knows how to roller skate (laughs)
2: yeah yeah i mean when i did those with her I, i just i she's yeah she did starlight express and she like could skate backwards. Yeah. And I you was, know, I, I was a fine roller mm-hmm. skater, but um, yeah, she really had this, like, you know, she did the Jane thing. It was like this sexy, you know, worldly wise, like really sensual type thing. And it really worked. I was like, oh, this could be, this could really be something. Um, I was excited. I had my quibbles with this and that, but I loved Mary Testa. When I met Jackie Hoffman, the first thing she said yes. was I'm Jackie. I don't know. And I don't have a uterus. <laughs> <And I'm> like, <gasps> <laughs> um but then what i heard was that they said that uh jane's tv show the pilot she did 30 rock yes went and so we they didn't know what was going to happen if it was going to go on i was like this show is so about these two characters i think maybe that's a sign i need to just like kind of let it go and then it went on um and then, as we know what happened, you ended up doing it and- um,
0: Yeah, they they came back to me like so nervous. Like, what, so Jane's not- I'm sure. Would you come on? I'm like, yes, I'll do it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I have no problem with that. I have no yes. problem being rejected and then coming back to me. <laughs> right?
2: Amen. Um, and I remember getting a call it like in the middle of the night from Chris Ashley, who had directed All Shook Up. And he was like, uh, we are in trouble. We're in trouble. And I'm like, oh God, what? <laughs> and he told me about James's injury and, um, what I just help them.
0: Yeah. James broke his leg in through. three places. Uh, right. Doing, doing the show.
2: Right. And, um, would I, uh, consider helping them just get the show up and running since it would probably kind of be in my body still. Um, and I said, well, who's doing it? What's doing it? He's like, Carrie Butler. And I said, can I come and see? I want to see this because I can't, I love Carrie Butler. I can't imagine anybody but Jane Krakowski doing this. And and I remember Chris was like, just wait, just, just wait. <laughs> so I remember sitting in the audience and you came out and you took the hugest comedic swings I had ever seen. You were so fearless, oh. so strange and cute and <laughs> awkward and sexy and you came at the material from such a different angle and you didn't skate very well and all all of those things together no. <laughs> everything i was like she is so brilliant in this i have to do everything i can to jump in this and help them move this along i couldn't like when you think that you that only one person can play a part it's so it's so short-sighted and i that was a lesson i learned at the time um because yeah it was just incredible what you did and the the taking the diphthong of the accent and really like chewing on certain (laughs) phrases and you know you really like it was awesome so um yeah i remember coming in and meeting the cast and just jumping in and then you came
0: in and you did it you were like on the roller skates and you were, you had like one day and you were in front of an audience. It was mind blowing because I, even though you're saying all those nice things about me, like I literally was almost fired during the show because, because I'm such a bad skater. And I, I, (laughs) I couldn't, my brain couldn't process like doing lines and skating at the same time. Do you know what I mean? Like in my head, I'd be like, okay, yes. you push off with your right foot, you stop with your left foot. And that's all I could think about. And Chris actually kind of confirmed that he did almost fire me in the beginning because I would be doing that's skating funny. lessons on my lunch break, all this stuff. But then um, you came in and just like nailed everything in like one day
2: Aww. and well, didn't
0: even seem nervous.
2: Oh, my God. Well, I was so nervous, but I think sometimes when you are, as we know, when you are, you you have so much to do, you cannot think about it. You just have to leap. And I am a, I am an, I am a preparer beyond. I love preparation. I love rehearsal. Mm -hmm. I do so much research and I, I rehearse things until I don't have to think about it anymore. And when I had done the workshops, so much of the material was still the same that when I got there, except for like, don't walk away. And a couple of new things, it was in my body.
0: We'll be back with breaking Broadway right after this message. Speaking about how you prepare so much for roles. Mm. I mean, I did notice that about you and especially, you know, even when you talked about the auditions that you would be going on, the, the, the television auditions you would be going on. And I would feel like I'd, you know, really needed to learn a lot from you, uh, because remember that technique? I don't know if you still do that. Cause I don't know if you still have to do self tapes <laughs> for anything.
2: But, of course I do. But
0: tell people about your technique that you would you do still have to? I,
2: I of course I do. Yes, I do. I mean, occasionally I'll there'll be I'll get a random thing like, Hey, we got this thing. Do you want to do it? But no, I don't I am I audition for ninety-nine percent of, of the stuff that I do for sure. But um I think you're talking about me wow. taping myself and and reading with myself. Yes. Yes. Okay. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm happy to share this. Um, so I think this started because when I was little and I was learning, uh, harmony in my little bedroom in Idaho, I had two tape players and I would record the melody on one. I would sing the melody into one, and then I would play that and record me singing harmony with myself. And then I would take that and I would put it back in the other tape and then I would record a third part. So I was like layering vocals, working with my own performance. So it's kind of, it's always been in my mind that I can, I can help myself in these processes and self-taping is, is a weird, it's a weird kind of not organic thing. Cause there's not, you know, it's just you're not with the casting directors. And so you're like kind of guessing as to what they want. And, and so I realized early on, um, and I'm also, I also get really nervous in the room sometimes, even if I'm super prepared, I don't feel like I am as brave as I should be. And I don't take as big of, of a risk, whether it's dramatic or, or comedic. So I, at the time I was telling you, and I still do this, I record, um, the other person's part, whoever I'm reading with, I record that. Mm-hmm. I record the, their lines, and I I work it out enough to where Can I you know exactly. Do it exactly like in a
0: lower voice or something, like.
2: Yes, but I I, do, I make it not to where it stands out to where like, is he doing a weird voice or I don't want it to be distracting. Uh-huh. If you have a good ear, you'll be you'll be like this dude's reading with himself, and if I have to do a scene with a woman. I have now, I have girls that I, ha- I have friends in, in LA that do the, the girl part for me, but I like the control. I like being able to edit it myself. And so you can take as long as you need. You can be as nuanced as you want. And my, it took me, it took my agents a hot second to be like, are you reading with yourself on all these? I'm like, yeah, but it is a technique that kind of works for me. Uh, you have to have patience and you kind of have to have your setup, but uh, yeah, I still do it.
0: <laughs> I've tried to do it and it yeah. it's really hard. Because it's really how hard. Long, I mean, how do you get the other person's lines to match what you're going to say?
2: Well, you have to make choices. You have to make strong choices for where you're going to be within the, within the parameters of those lines and you have to stay consistent. So it's a, it's kind of a, trial and error thing um and sometimes I'll have like little 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 time clues like I'll make a sound with a pen or something when it's 10 seconds in and so I know if I have a monologue I'm like <gasps> I gotta wrap it up oh. just little tricks little oh, that's little good. little bits but you asked about tv and I think this is really uh important I think for a lot of theater people you know I think The notion that if you're on Broadway and if if you're a a Broadway performer, that it's not going to translate or that you're too big, it really is. It really is the exact same thing. It just is dialing it down a bit, um, saying everything that you say before saying everything that you would say on stage, but dialing it down. I've, during Xanadu, I started to do TV. Um, d- during Xanadu, I also got Damn Yankees at the city center, um, with Jane Krakowski again and Sean Hayes. And then Tina Fey came to Damn Yankees and she wanted to meet me afterwards and said, um, I love your big Midwestern face and your, and your comic timing. Um, I. <laughs> I have, (laughs) I have a part on 30 rock, uh, for you that I'd like to gauge your interest on. So that, that's how I got 30 rock. Tina came and saw damn Yankees liked what I did. I added some comedic stuff. She had seen me in Xanadu for sure. But I think this was, uh, this was, yeah. What kind of, you know, convinced Uh her. I know you're good friends with her. So yeah, it was, uh. It, I was so lucky to have my first television experience be with her and Alec Baldwin and these incredible comedians, because I learned from the best. I didn't know camera right from left. I didn't know to, to like that. You can't look down at your mark. <laughs> you have to just know where it is. And um, uh-huh. yeah, that's when I, that's when I fell in love with TV and I love it. I love it.
0: Yeah. I still, I, I, I do some TV, but I still feel like I'm not like my authentic self or something because I have to tone it down so much and I can't be Mm. like free, you know, where so much of my comedy is physical. So I'm still Mm -hmm. kind of, I mean, I, I've been doing more and it's, it's good, but I, but theater is for sure. I think where I'm meant to be. I don't know. Do Mm. you feel like you're really good at, at both? I mean, I think you are actually, but I wonder if, if one is more comfortable for you.
2: Oh, thank you. You know, I thought, I thought that that they would only be Broadway forever for me because I just, the, the, the feeling of being on stage where it's a one shot and you got to just go, uh, there is nothing like it. But then when I did like 10 years of, of TV about, I think I've been on over 20 shows now, um, it really forced me to get good at other parts of it, uh, uh, you know, really learn my Latin being on call me cat, uh, for three years, multi-cam. I thought, Oh, this is where I'm going to thrive because it's very theatrical. It's very presentational, but it's yeah. very technical. The technical aspect was really difficult. Uh, just cause I'm so big, I'm almost six, mm-hmm. four. And I'm always, I always seem to be blocking somebody with my back. And, you know, Leslie Jordan was four foot 10, my Bialik is like oh, five foot one or something, or maybe four, I don't know. Um, but I love, 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 love TV. But then last July, um, I got a chance to sub in for Gavin again um, in Into the Woods. Right. And I hadn't done a Broadway show in 10 years. And Carrie, I was so... I, I was convinced that I couldn't do it anymore because... You get so accustomed, Whoa. yeah, on TV, you get so accustomed to, if you mess up, you just say, can we take that back? I, 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 and to be in a Sondheim show and in a beloved revival covering for Gavin, who was just redonkulously good in both of those parts. I <laughs> talk about preparation. All I did for three months was run the show, run the show, run the show. Um, and I did it to prove to myself that I could do it, that I could still, I knew, I knew physically I could do it and I knew technically I could sing it, but I wanted to know if emotionally, um, and the nerves I could handle because that people that don't know what that's like. It, it is, it is, it can be, a, a, a. you can freeze up and it is, you have to absolutely leap Nice. You always said to me, like, you don't really get stage fright. You've always just been like, I mean, at least back in the day, you were always such a cool cucumber. Is that still the same for you?
0: I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't get stage fright. But do you remember, like, I would start losing my forgetting my lines sometimes in Xanadu. And then that freaks me out. And then that's when I get it. Because just it's like just sometimes like one little thing, like you see somebody move in the audience and you tracked your eye and then suddenly you forgot where you were
2: yes but in your defense the the lines you were saying in Xanadu didn't make any sense at the end they were all like this right. you know Shakespearean prose that was like yes. did it Clio and if you messed up no one would really know but yes I I definitely I, yeah I know what you mean but like in uh uh like Beetlejuice and stuff did you ever was it always just like go no, for same it thing. no like sometimes yeah. I would
0: I, yeah, I was never nervous, but just sometimes, especially doing a long run, I feel like sometimes you get in your head and you're like, you're going to forget it today. And like those voices, right. like just telling you, and then right. you start running the lines in your head. And then you're like, Oh my God, yes. no, I can't remember right now. And I'm going out. Right. In a second, you know? What
2: is, what, what is English? What are words? I don't even know. Are we talking right now? Are we here? That's the, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so terrifying, but it also is, uh, it's so beautiful. I, I would love to come back and I, I'm actively looking for something to come back for. I just it has to be oh, something that, yeah, it has to be something that you know my my family's here, my kids are starting first grade,
0: yeah,
2: um, and you know, yeah, that's hard. But I would I would I would do it for the right thing for sure.
0: Um, and you have a concert coming up.
2: I do. Yeah, I haven't sung in New York in a long time. So uh, we are, you know, in LA, everything we are striking. If the t- hopefully the yes. tail end of this writer's strike and then uh, fingers crossed that the SAG strike will be over by September, October, maybe, I don't know. But, um, so yeah, I'm really leaning into live performances right now. So I'm doing, uh, five nights at the, at 54 below, which I've never performed at. Um, and I have a very special guest on one of the nights, Carrie Butler. Oh, I wonder who it is. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to find out.
2: <laughs> oh, um, and uh, yeah, so that is September nineteenth through the twenty fourth, 19, 23rd, twenty third, nineteenth through the twenty third. Um, and then you and I, and then we're going to be doing, doing a Broadway, the Broadway cruise. cruise too. Yes, March thirteenth through the eighteenth, the Broadway cruise. Um, so we have to do something. If we're going to be on the cruise together and we're going to yeah. be in shows, we got yeah, to do, do you stuff think from Xanadu.
0: Someone, someone asked I th- when I asked people. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think?
2: We have to do, suddenly? do stuff from Z- probably suddenly. Um, yeah. It'd be fun if we, cause the people on the cruise are also major. I think it would be fun to do like, I mean, I'm going a pitch that we do like something from Les Mis, where, cause I know you've done lame is oh. and like Nor- <laughs> Norm Lewis is going to yes. be in it. Like maybe he can, I think it would be, I, or maybe like oh. a big number from Rent or something. Like let's,
0: oh, be fun. let's all
2: play Ooh, roles that we yeah. haven't done in a long time that's or that we've always wanted to. Yes. Oh, that's good. I'm very excited. I like it.
0: I like it. That's really fun. So that's the Broadway cruise.
2: That's a Broadway cruise. Yes. We're going to the Cayman Islands, I believe. Yeah.
0: My last, my last question for you is, sure. um, Do you have any advice that you would give to your younger self or to any young performers just starting out?
2: Mm. What I would tell my younger self is that the things right now that make you feel other the things that make you feel different and weird and unique in a way that makes you feel uncomfortable, those are going to be your superpowers one day. I was, a, I was a tall, muscular, sensitive, soft-spoken guy and with a weird sense of humor. And once I learned how to harness that weird sense of humor and not just make everything about what i look like but to actually be a weird comedian who looks a certain way then things started happening for me so um i would say embrace the things that make you 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 know everybody says just be yourself be yourself well what does that mean i mean when you are when you're an actor starting out And you go into these rooms and you meet these producers and directors, be brave, be bold. Don't do it. Like you think they want you to do it, do it. Like you do it, like from inside of your guts and just play. I can't remember who used to say it's called a play. Mm -hmm. It's not called a work. So play (laughs) and, and yeah, embrace the, embrace the weird. Because you know, I, I, some of my very first early acting jobs are so cringe because I was so afraid to do anything that was weird that I ended up making no choices. And then I was like, I am on law and order, and I am saying my words. and you're just like <laughs> a shell of a person. Um, make a choice. Make a make a big Carrie Butler. yeah, choice. That's what it's I so say.
0: funny. That's the same exact advice that I give to my younger self because I was like really? so nerdy, and I'm like, just embrace your nerdiness. Once I and once I found that, then that's when my career took off.
2: Right, and then yeah, hairspray. There you go. And um, it's like, I, yeah. and you all and you've kind of taken that same, like me with my career. You kind of taken that same little off kilter uh aspect into all of your characters that you played and and everybody knows if they hire carrie butler they're not just gonna get a straight-up yeah. ingenue who's gonna you know they're gonna right. get a little like and that yeah. is the that's the fun that's the spark you know mm-hmm.
0: yeah well thank you so so much for joining Carrie us.
2: you're welcome
0: And I can't wait to perform with you very soon. Get your tickets for Cheyenne's concert. And if you want, join us on the Broadway cruise.
2: We'd love to see you.
0: Do you have anything else that you need to plug?
2: Oh, I'm going to be in San Francisco. uh, Mm -hmm. Feinstein's at the Nico on September 29th and 30th. So right after I'm done with New York, then I go to San Francisco. But yeah. That's Go it. see and Cheyenne. Hopefully... You won't
0: you won't be sorry. I mean, I've oh, seen you, you uh perform a bunch of times like outside of shows and you're just a phenomenal like performer in concert and stuff like that. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like me to come to your school or theater group and a masterclass or a talk back, please reach out at carybutlercoach.com. If you like this podcast and want more episodes, please go to bpn.fm slash breaking broadway and subscribe, like, or share. Together you